Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today we are joined by Dr. Leslie Steele, a veterinarian representative from Not One More Vet, an American nonprofit organization that strives to transform the status of mental wellness within the veterinary profession. I'm walking sleepless, pushing through the storm ahead. And the seas are getting rough, and it is getting hard. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are here with Dr. Leslie Steele from Not One More Vet to talk about mental wellness and suicide prevention among veterinarians. Um, But before we start today, I would like to provide a bit of a disclaimer that we will be talking about topics such as suicide and mental health challenges, um, which could be triggering for some listeners. Um, But on that note, I'd like to welcome Dr. Steele to our podcast today. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. We're so happy you are here. So Ken, do you want to kick us off? Yes. All right. So before we get started today, um, can you give us a quick intro to who you are? And uh, we would also love to hear about any pets you have, if you have any. I hope you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my, my name is Dr. Leslie Steele, and I am a veterinarian, and I'm a practice owner. I own multiple veterinary clinics in Atlantic Canada. I'm a wife and a mom, and I have many pets that I would love to share with you. Um, I have Arnold Schwarzenegger, my <laughs> French bulldog, and I have Rose, my uh, Australian Labradoodle, who is almost 13 years old now. And I have two cats, um, Sammy and Angus, too. And I have eight chickens. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they have different wow. names according to the month. So, <laughs> But I, I like to refer to them as Armageddon or COVID chickens. <laughs> That's great. Everyone I've met who has chickens has the most ridiculous names for them. It is hilarious. I don't know what it is with chickens, but yeah, you can name them something ridiculous and uh, it just fits them perfectly because they're (laughs) chickens. So, (laughs) oh, well, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Leslie. Uh, Again, we're very happy that you could come join us today to talk uh, about what we're going to talk about. So um, let's, uh, let's dive into the first question, shall we? All right. So can you tell us more about Not One More Vet and what you do as an organization? Absolutely. So NOMVI or Not One More Vet is a not-for-profit organization that is dedicated to ensuring that veterinarians and veterinary support staff never feel alone. And their mission is to transform the status of mental wellness within the profession so that we can thrive and survive through education, resources, and support. Um, what sort of education and support does Not One More Vet provide? So we offer 
a lot of peer-to-peer counseling that has a lot of resources available to anybody that needs support in the moment or needs directed to support in their area, whether they're having a suicide crisis or whether they just need to not feel alone or have someone to talk to, we can provide all of that live and in person. We also provide a lot of preventative education at large conferences and at continuing education events. And then we have lists and lists of resources to help people with whatever they're going through. And then beyond all of that, they also offer um, support grants that are at this time available in the United States, but we're working on having them available in other countries as well for veterinarians um, that are in need of of financial support or that are in financial crises, um, you know, from something as small as not being able to feed themselves that week to something as large as not being able to fix their vehicle to get to their job, to be able to feed their children. Um, and so we have uh, resources available to help those those in need through application. And just so I understand, um, it's for veterinary students as well as practicing veterinary people, correct? Absolutely. So our members are originally were just licensed veterinarians. And then that very quickly expanded to allowing um, veterinary students to be members as well. And then recently, we've started an entire uh, platform for support staff. So basically, if you work in a veterinary clinic or work in the veterinary industry, we have a place for you where you don't feel alone that's confidential and private. That's fantastic because um, vet techs, uh, even receptionists sometimes see this similar things or see the aftermath of similar negative experiences. Um, so the fact that they can get help as well is, is I think really important and awesome that you guys do. Before we jump to the next question, I do. So you were talking about the peer program and I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what that looks like. So is that um, like veterinarians supporting other veterinarians or how does that really work? Well, um, the answer is twofold. So we have for people, we are not um, mental health wellness providers and we are not experts and we're not social workers and we're not therapists. So we have a we have access to professionals. We have worked with and developed a system called Lifeboat, where if we have somebody in eminent crises, you know, not not requiring a wellness check, but but requiring some help immediately, we have we have a, a system that we've developed. But for the peer to peer support, we have a it's a Facebook group or a social media group that has over thirty thousand members, so that it's the largest of its type in the world. Um, and if you're having a problem, you can discuss that problem anonymously by sending a message to anonymous. And there's a lot of moderators that work really, really hard every day to take these messages and make sure that they will protect the identity of the person that's in crises and post them for support to members. Um, if you're not in full crises and you have a question, then you can post that on your own. And, you know, with with 30,000 members, somebody's going to be out there listening the moment that you post and need support, and they're going to offer that support to you. So it's very humbling. I've been involved for um, since about 2018 as a moderator and have been a member for years. And 
the veterinarians that I've seen in crises that have received help and support and just didn't feel alone um, and reached out afterwards to let us know that we, in part, may have helped them immensely to go on another day and to find solutions um, is really cool. That's so amazing and such a creative model and a creative approach to that type of work. Um, yeah, that's just like, that's not something I ever would have thought of as a way to support people. But what a what a beautiful way to use social media to, to support this group of professionals. I, I love that. Ken's anything else before we move on to the next question? No, I'm sure other questions will pop up, but let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Okay, so what sparked the beginning of the organization, Not One More Vet? So obviously there is a need for this resource. So how did it really come to be? So it's it's a sad story. Um, the founder of Not One More Vet, or NAMVI as we, uh, as we like to refer to it, um, her name is Dr. Nicole MacArthur, and she's a veterinarian from California. And she created Not One More Vet on October 1st of 2014, following the suicide of a world-renowned veterinarian and her friend, Dr. Sophia Yin. And, you know, immediately surrounding the announcement of Dr. Yin's death, there were news reports that shared the increased risk for suicide amongst veterinarians. And Dr. MacArthur you know, felt a calling to, to form this group and to be part of a solution. Wow. That, so 2014, so a very, very new organization as, as somebody who is the chair of a small nonprofit, that is phenomenal how much Nambi has grown in seven years. That's like, that's outstanding. So you must have some pretty tremendous leadership to have moved all that work forward. Um, unbelievable. So I joined the organization, like I said, in 2018, and there's a backbone of strong, strong leadership um, that existed when I joined. And what they've created since I've joined is mind boggling. They have become incredibly professional. They have incredible support and development happening. They're doing research. They're making sure they know their facts and the dedication of everybody from the moderator to moderators to the employees to the you know the backbone of the board is just phenomenal yeah wow that's amazing well thank you for sharing all of that information with us we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the issue of mental wellness among veterinarians so stay tuned Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are talking about mental wellness in the veterinary profession with Dr. Leslie Steele from Not One More Vet. 
In the first half of today's episode, we heard Dr. Steele's background um, and a little bit about the organization Not One More Vet, or as we've learned, uh, NOMV, um, because all nonprofits need an acronym. Um, So let's chat a bit more about veterinarian mental wellness. So Leslie, what are some of the major challenges faced by veterinarians that are leading to poor mental health and mental wellness and sometimes even suicide? So we actually have data on on this very question. So um, I think when when a very large group of veterinarians were pulled, 91% of them stated that uh, basically the fact that they have to face ethical and moral dilemma on a weekly basis, a daily basis, um, causes them a great deal of stress. And that combined with the other things that I'm going to mention just become, I guess, too unbearable to, to some people. So, you know, having to face the ethical and moral dilemma every week is one thing, but then, you know, facing sometimes debt up to $300,000 upon graduation and not being able to make a living wage to support that. So it's a big deal. I just taught um, veterinary students in Prince Edward Island um, first years and third years last week. And I had people tell me that they were graduating with 300,000 US dollars in student debt and that they and that they assumed that they wouldn't be able to buy a car, a house, or, you know, do much more other than eat and work for the first 10 plus years of their career. Oh my God. And this is a first year student. They've already determined that this is going to be how it is for them when they finish. Um, Wow. uh, So, so it's real. I I think it raised from 2016 to 2017, um, the debt increased by 20%. And I think the number in 2017 was $200,000. And when I was at the Atlantic Veterinary College in Prince Edward Island this week or last week, uh, there was many students that were going to be 300,000 plus. Um, so it's, it's real. It is seriously real. And then beyond that, uh, one in five veterinarians reports being victims of cyberbullying. Um, there's massively increased expectations and demands of clients, but it's gone one step beyond that to a lot of cyberbullying, threats of physical harm, just threats of harm in general. And we're not allowed to respond to cyberbullying. People can put their opinions on what went wrong all over social media. And it's considered a breach of client-patient confidentiality for us to try to protect ourselves. And you know, people can only take so much, especially when you're not allowed to tell your side of the story. Wow. And I... And I believe there's so much truth in that because even if you just like you read the reviews of, you know, your local vet clinics and you see some of the stories that people share and you're like that, there's got to be more to the story than that. One bad experience and people will, and obviously, you know, these are our animals. Like these are the loves of our lives. Like I know I, I, 
I understand, but like one bad experience and yeah, it's, it blows up and, and people will never forgive as well. I see that a lot, even on our local dog groups, a lot of people will have one bad experience and say, don't ever go to this vet because they did this to my dog or my cat or whatever. And, uh, I can't imagine the burden. Like I would not have social media if I were a vet, (laughs) like that, that would, uh, that would crush, I think a lot of people's souls, um, but yeah, wow, that's that's a lot. I've been I've been witness to many vets that are struggling because of serious cyberbullying, and the majority of the time, honestly, the client is being absolutely ridiculous. They feel guilty probably about something themselves, and then decide that lashing out at the veterinarian is the best way to go. It's actually very rarely the fault of the veterinarian. And just somebody who's unreasonably angry that things didn't go well, like they couldn't afford treatment because they didn't have insurance and they make that the fault of the veterinarian, Um, you know, many things like that. And it's heartbreaking to see, you know, how it can absolutely destroy a human being to, to get destroyed on social media with no ability to defend oneself. Exactly. Working in the human uh, side of things, uh, working for a medical device company, I understand like requirements that you can't talk about anything that happens at all. Like, especially on, well, on any form of social media. So uh, yeah, that would be, like I said, soul crushing. All right, Kaz, want to take us with the next question? Yes, I'm all riled up. This makes me really upset. (laughs) Um, So is the pervasiveness of mental health challenges and rates of suicide in the veterinarian um, a new issue or is it a longstanding and it's only now gaining awareness? It's actually a longstanding issue that I think we're finally giving ourselves permission to talk out loud about right now. Um, They actually did a study in California in 1960, and actually it spanned from 1960 to 1992. And they knew all throughout that study that the rate of set uh, the rate of death by suicide in veterinarians was 2.6 times higher than that for the general public. and, and so, yeah, the only thing really that has changed is that we're actually talking about it more often and we're trying to do something about it so that we can make this statistic an old one. Um, and, and hopefully we're going to be talking about our success in the future. We even know that everybody knows James Harriet. Everybody's heard of James Harriet. It's reported by his family that he even struggled with depression during his time, and and that's documented and reported. So even the vets that we know so well that look so great on the outside, often many of us are struggling for the same reasons that I mentioned uh, in the question previous to this. Is there any discussion at Not One More Vet around, you know, the impact of social media? Like, I hear you talking about cyberbullying And does it seem like social media and internet access really has increased the issue or do you think it's just made it more visible? It's a hard question to answer because I think that obviously things like cyberbullying and the ability to get your platform heard in a negative way have increased stupendously with, you know, with the lack of need for science and proof with anything that you, you post. But on the flip side of that, as an optimist, I think that 
you know, the internet and social media have also allowed for education and connection. So I'd hate to say it's bad when really there's also a lot of good in all of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Any follow-up questions, Ken's? No, I don't think so. I think, um, I think that's a lot of information and a lot for, um, for us to think about. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Leslie, for raising awareness on such an important and difficult topic. We are going to take a quick break and uh, we will be right back. listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast and today we've been talking about mental wellness and suicide prevention in the veterinary profession with Dr. Steele from Not One More Vet also known as NOMV. So one more question for you Leslie before we wrap up today and I think it's a bit of a loaded one Um, but how can we as pet owners be more supportive and empathetic to our vets to help them survive and thrive in our community? It's a really it's a really difficult question to answer, but I have some suggestions. So I think um, first and foremost, um, be kind. Uh, you you have to realize that we have a serious shortage of veterinarians. Um, there is one veterinarian for every six positions available right now, and if we don't create some solutions to you know, have a kinder, more gentle world for the ones that are working, we're going to lose them too. And then, you know, there's going to be shortages beyond what we've predicted, which are actually going to rise before they get better. So within four or five years, there's going to be one vet for every eight positions needed. Um, So yeah, just, just be kind and understand that we're doing our best um, and that we work a difficult job. Our clients can talk, but our patients can't. And so we're like pediatric doctors every minute of every day with nonverbal patients and with clients that have financial constraints that don't allow us to practice the best medicine possible. So my next suggestion is to have pet insurance or to have a financial plan to care for your pet. So whether that's with a public insurance company or whether you have a bank account that you put an appropriate amount of money into each month so that when your pet gets sick and we suggest a diagnostic and a treatment plan, you actually have some resources available because of a lot of the anger. I've been practicing since 1997. So that's 24 years of me seeing clients as a veterinarian. And often I find that the clients that become the most unreasonable and the most angry are in a position where they don't have the resources available to do what they understand is the best treatment. And even though I never judge, and even though I'm always able to adapt a plan to the best of my abilities to what people can afford, 
often for whatever reason, people, you know, leave extremely angry and get mad at me or get mad at us. And we're just trying our best to be veterinarians. Um, so I think that, you know, don't participate in cyberbullying. If you see somebody calling out their veterinarian on social media, perhaps go to that platform and say, hey, this is probably not the right place to do it. Your vet isn't even allowed to respond here. Um, you know, why don't you talk to the practice manager or the practice owner or go back and talk to your veterinarian? Um, it takes a village. And I think that really it's just some simple things like that that can make a difference for, for us. And uh, it's, we can still be held, held accountable and we can still be held to a high standard. We're held to that standard through our governing body. We're held to that standard by our peers. We're held to that standard by every client that we see. Um, we're going to make some mistakes every now and then, God forbid, because we're human beings. But I think just be kind and, and, and understand that we're doing our best. That's so powerful. That's, yeah. That, uh, yeah, those are some amazing tips. And I think even for us as we, you know, build and grow this, this dog community in our local area, I definitely think there's a role that we can play in, you know, chiming in on social media platforms when we see people saying really negative things about their veterinarian. And I think I often just like look at those things and roll my eyes and never say anything. But I thank you for giving us a new perspective because I think we will start standing up and saying something because it's important. Leslie, we talked about some challenging topics here today. Where can people go if they're experiencing thoughts of suicide or mental health issues? So if, if you're a veterinarian or a veterinary team member and you need help, um, you can go to the NOMV website, which is www.nomv.org, www.nomv.org. If you're in immediate crises, you can call the Canadian Suicide Prevention Line at 1-833-456-4566. And there's also live chat available at www.crisisservicecanada.ca. Thanks for that, Leslie. And for those who are local to um, Kitchener-Waterloo or in the Waterloo-Wellington area, you can reach out to here 24-7. There are local crisis service, um, and their number is 1-844-437-3247. Well, thank you, Dr. Steele, for chatting with us today. Um, we learned a lot, and that was a really powerful topic. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. And thanks to everybody for listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast, and we will see you next time. Tell your father the witching hour is dead. Today's episode of the Dog Friendly KW podcast is dedicated in memory of Sassy and all dogs taken before their time. And the seas are getting